Thank you for listening to the Pentecostals of Bossier City Sermon Podcast. For more information, including our live webcast schedules, please visit www.pobc.cc. Thank you, Jesus. You can find your way to your seats, but if you would remain standing with me, those of you who are up. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 8, beginning in verse 20. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Are you guys aware that God is in this place this morning? Sometimes you get up here and you have a little bit of difficulty proceeding because you feel God in the place so strong that I just want to take one more moment and give him another hand clap of praise if you would. Let's do it from the bottom of our hearts and give him the, the worship, the praise, the adoration that he so deserves. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Everybody say soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. He looked down at the sacrifice of Noah. And in that moment, he smelled a soothing aroma. Everybody say, smells like heaven. One more time, one more hand clap of praise before you're seated here today. I want the aroma of heaven to be thick in this place. I want the presence of God to be here to anoint everything to guide us and lead us, Father. We accept every part of your anointing, every part of your will this morning, and we give you the glory and the honor from the bottom of our hearts. Say his name one more time. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, you may be seated. The soothing aroma, we find this phrase, it's phrased differently, obviously, in different translations. In the, in the King James Version, it's a, a sweet savor. This soothing aroma, you find it in different variations 44 times throughout the Word of God. And it seems to be related to a common theme each time, and that common theme is sacrifice. That common theme is an offering that is given unto God. In Leviticus 1 and 5 through 9, it says, He shall kill the bull before the Lord and the priest, Aaron's sons. They shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around on the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And he shall skin the burnt offering and cut, in, cut it into its pieces. The sons of Aaron the priest shall put fire on the altar and lay the wood in order on the fires, giving very specific instructions over how to carry out this sacrifice. Then the priest, Aaron's son, shall lay the parts, the head and the fat, in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar. But he shall wash its entrails and its legs with water. And the priest shall burn all on the altar is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Say it again, sweet aroma. 
this fragrance, this scent. You see it come up time and time again in the Word of God, 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. For we, we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. There should be a soothing aroma, a fragrance, a smell that emanates from the house of God. Pentecostals have been called many things throughout the decades. There have been a lot of aspersions cast towards us. There have been a lot of nicknames for us. We were the holy rollers. Jesus only people. They don't mean it as a compliment. It's meant kind of sarcastically. You get these, these you know, you, know you, you kind of get used to it. But what if people walked around and they said, I knew that you were a Pentecostal because of your smell. You wouldn't know what to think about that. You would just kind of walk away and you'd be like, how did they know? It's not like we have an officially licensed UPCI perfume or cologne that you can buy on the internet. You don't have anything like that. But what if they walked around and said, we knew that it was you by your smell. No one likes to be identified by their smell. You might say, oh, well, I've got a fragrance. It's my own and I've been wearing it for, I'm not talking about the fragrance. I'm talking about your smell. People, oftentimes, you can walk into a home in different families because of their genetics. People smell differently. I know this is a little bit gross, but just bear with me for a moment. People smell differently, but I'm not, I don't mean it in a bad way. You just walk in, and every family has a particular scent, a particular... Uh, my, my wife, when she's, she's pregnant right now, and when she's pregnant, she said she becomes intensely aware of certain smells. And one of them is the pheromones of men. And so if she walks into a room that's kind of small and there's a lot of men, she has to walk right back out because she said there's just pheromone smell in there. And it makes sense to her, right? Like, there's just, we carry a certain smell. Little, little kids, when they play outside, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about already. When they play outside and they come in and you just, like, smell their head, they just smell like little outside kid. I don't know how to explain it, but you know what I mean when I say that. They just carry a certain smell, but what if, what if your walk with God, what if your anointing, what if your power was identifiable with a scent that was soothing unto God? What if you smelled like heaven? This is a little weird, isn't it? If you read the word of God and you search out those terms, that soothing aroma, that scent, that fragrance, that smell, it starts to seem like there's this obsession with it in the word of God. You see it over and over and over again. Look up every term. Look up smell. Look up fragrance. Look up aroma. Look up all these terms and you'll see it come over and over and over again. Your sense of smell is powerful. I believe that the Bible uses certain things because we can easily relate to it. We see it time and time again. It comes back to us and you're like, I get what that means because you're human. You have a powerful sense of smell. For me, not especially during ragweed season. There's like a brief period of time in the year where there's no smell whatsoever to anything. But for the most part, we have a powerful sense of smell. You walk into a place and you smell bacon. Mmm, Bacon. Would you just envision it with me just for a moment? When you hear, you can hear the crunch of bacon, and that's one thing. That's, that's all right. You can see bacon. That's not so much all right. You don't know what you're looking at exactly. But the smell of bacon, oh, yeah. It is identifiable. 
There's something about that smell. There's a lot, a lot of people, I'm not, I'm not saying one thing one way or the other, but a lot of people believe in essential oils, that they have some sort of medicinal properties, and I'm not going chi- <laughs> to chime in one way or the other, but you know, you come in and you're like, oh, I'm having trouble sleeping, like, I've got an oil for that. Does it work? I have no idea, but it smells amazing. So it almost doesn't even matter. It's like, yeah, I've got, I've got a toothache, I've got a headache, or what? peppermint oil gets slapped on your face, and don't get it too close to your eyes, you're going to be crying for the next half hour. But it smells amazing, so who cares if it works or not? It just it smells great. The other one that just kind of always comes to mind when I think of the smells that just wake you up in the morning, cinnamon rolls on a Saturday morning. Let's just lift our hands across this place right now. The smell of cinnamon rolls by your mom on a Saturday morning are amazing. And what I learned is the smell of cinnamon rolls, whenever your wife makes them, you know what? Same smell. Just, it's, it's amazing. Something about cinnamon rolls. It's just, they're fantastic. But that sense of smell, it brings us to a place. And you might say, well, it draws me to the food. It's not just about that. The sense of smell is related to many things. But when you, when you walk into a church on Sunday mornings, if it's one of our Sunday morning coffee days, and you walk into the building and you smell that rockin' our coffee over there. You're just walking into the place and you, you know that there's coffee in the building. And for those coffee people out there, it does something to you when you smell coffee. Coffee has a reaction that we just, we're, we're kind of, we're susceptible to it. We have no defenses against it. If you're a coffee person, you know when you smell coffee, it's going to do something to your mind and you, you have to have a cup. It puts you in a better mood. Even if you're not a coffee drinker, if you put your nose in a bag of coffee beans, I got some people shaking their heads. You're the exceptions. It's all right. That's fine. But it's just that, that smell, that smell of coffee, it does something to people who drink it. Coffee is largely a social drink. It's a drink that people drink together. Somebody comes over to the house, would you like a cup of coffee? Absolutely. And you sit around, you have conversations, and those conversations sort of become wrapped up in You start to kind of feel... This, this connection with it that goes beyond just the smell and even just the drinking of it, it's connected to those conversations and those experiences. It reminds you of those memories, those good memories, those relaxed memories. Maybe sitting on a porch with somebody. The mental image, whenever, whenever I think of people drinking a cup of coffee together, whenever I think of somebody having that memory together, I think immediately of my grandfather and my dad. I would see them sitting on the back porch in that little swing, that rocking swing, and they would sit there, and I'd, I'd look out the window, and I would see my dad laughing, and I, I'd see my grandpa, he always laughed with his uh, tongue halfway outside the side of his mouth, and so he'd go, <laughs> and he, my dad would be saying something to make him laugh, and they both had a cup of coffee in their hands, and they just go back and forth, and I, I wonder sometimes, dad, do you ever think of Gramps when you have a cup of coffee in your hand? It's because smell is attached to memory. The scent of coffee is nostalgic because it is attached to memory. I told you already, my wife has an exceptionally sensitive nose. She's looking at me like, how much are you going to talk about me today? If she walks to place and she makes a face, I know we have to turn around and walk out. Because she, she, she walked into a place one day. It's when we were first married. We walked into this store and she went, it smells like hamster's cage in here. And here's the thing, it did I never knew that it did, but it did. It's a, the sense of smell. It's powerful. We, we, we smell something and we have a reaction. But there was one thing that she did that was a little bit evil trick. 
See, my wife and I have told the story a lot of times, especially whenever I was with the youth group. I told them the story that my wife and I broke up five times before we eventually got married. And during one of those breakups, I was still living at home with my family, and my family were in between houses, and we were living in a two-bedroom apartment. I had one bedroom, and my parents had the other bedroom. And I left town to go visit some friends. And while I left town to visit friends, my ex-girlfriend was invited into the house by my parents. And before she left the place, she was going to play an evil trick. She took her perfume and she sprayed it in my room. And I get home from this trip that did not go well. And I threw my bag on the floor and I just fell back into the bed and immediately my eyes popped open. And I grabbed my phone and I text her and I said, where have you been in the last 24 hours? And she said, why? Like she didn't know why I was asking that question. Immediately I had a reaction. I knew that it was her. And we got back together soon after that. And broke up again. But we got back together after that. But I had a reaction because that, that sense of smell, is, it's closely associated with memories. Whether you like it or not. Our sense of smell triggers memories and emotions within us. We've discovered that a smell is actually better at bringing us back in time, so to speak, than even photographs are. It triggers something in your memory that is vivid, that you can actually imagine something because of that sense of smell and the memory that is attached to it. Some childhood memories they have found are only accessible when you're met with a particular smell that is associated with that memory. When a smell enters the nasal cavity, it meets with over 50 million receptors in the nose and the nasal septum. These are fantastic terms to bring up in a pulpit. But those receptors immediately pass on the information to the olfactory bulb, which then communicates with the limbic system, which houses the amygdala and the hippocampus. And so what does all that mean? It means that your smell goes immediately to the places in your mind that house your emotions and your correlating memories. The reason that you remember things when you smell something attached to that memory is because your brain, your body is hardwired to make you remember. You have that cup of coffee and it takes you back to that conversation. And the memories are vivid. When a sacrifice is offered to God, there's this soothing aroma that we see time and time again mentioned in the Word of God. What is it about that aroma that soothes God? It's not the smell itself. And you say, how can you prove that? Because in Isaiah 1 and 11, it says, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. Suddenly, the smells that were connected, that incense that was connected to the tabernacle of God, suddenly he has no use for it. Because it's not really about the aroma. Same offering. Same aroma. But there was a different intent. What God finds pleasing is the commitment of the heart. When God, at the beginning of the sermon, whenever I read this from Genesis 8, when you read about the sacrifice of Noah, it's the first time in the Word of God that smell is described as a soothing aroma or a sweet savor to God. 
Why is it the first time when it wasn't even the first sacrifice? It wasn't the second sacrifice. It was the third sacrifice that is listed in the word of God. The first and second, those distinctions belong to two brothers, Cain and Abel. Abel's sacrifice was accepted, but something in Cain's heart, some sacrifice was not acceptable to God. So Abel's sacrifice was the firstlings of his flock and of their fats. Could it be, and I'm not saying this with absolute authority, but when you connect the dots to what God found acceptable, what God found to be a sweet-smelling savor, could it be that the difference between Genesis 8 and then the story of Abel and Cain, could it be that it triggered something in God's memory? Because it says that Noah offered some from every clean animal and every clean bird in their fats. Same sacrifice, same smell, but God remembered a time when there was somebody that had something close to his heart, somebody that was drawn to him. In his mind, when he smelled the sacrifice of Noah, went back to the sacrifice of Abel, the brother that was slain by a jealous sibling. Abel, the one who had something of God's heart in his hand, and he remembered it, and the smell triggered it in his memory, and he you realize it was a soothing savor. It was a sweet-smelling savor. He looked at this offering and he said, this is what I desire. This heart, this commitment, this, this thing that, that Noah and his family are pursuing, is, it's sparking something in my mind and it's taking me back to a place. Psalm 51 and 15, O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. You do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. If we are to have the sweet aroma of God move into this place, something must break within us. Not in a one-time experience at an altar. Something has to break within us that every time we lift our hands and lift up our hearts in worship, every time that our voice is raised to the God of the heavens above, every single time something has to be broken in his presence or else it's not a sacrifice. It doesn't spark that memory in God's mind. It doesn't spark that moment. When genuine sacrifice is released in a place that is like this, you can feel the presence of God change something in the atmosphere. You can feel it in the air. The soothing aroma of worship has risen and filled the halls of heaven. And it's a sweet-smelling savor that we release that God just takes in. And in that moment, he says, exactly. That's exactly what I want. And it steals the heart of God would somebody just join with me break something in your spirit and clap your hands in worship to God not as a gesture not as a routine but let something within us break that we offer to God and it reminds him of a sacrifice that came before Jesus be in this place somebody give him a little bit more than that right now give a sacrifice of praise to the God of heaven
I'm not asking you to cry. I'm not asking you to mourn. I'm not asking you to do anything other than this. Then to say, God, in this moment, I am making a deliberate, thought-out decision that I do not matter when compared to your glory. I am nothing without your grace. I'm nothing without your mercy. And let my spirit once again break. That's why just today in worship, you could feel people breaking something of themselves and offering it to God above in a sweet-smelling savor. Washed into this place, and you can't see it. You can't even hear it, but you can feel it. And it's something that God is... taking in in heaven I don't don't think of these things sometimes because when you read the word of God you get wrapped up in allusions and metaphors and analogies you get wrapped up in some of that stuff but when he says it is a sweet smelling savor I take him absolutely literally you have to imagine that every single time that your heart is given to God Every single time you raise your hands in worship and you get lost for a moment. When you get lost, it's a sacrifice. Because you have concerns, you have thoughts, you have things to deal with. You have circumstances in your life that are on the forefront of your mind. But when it's broken away for a moment and you step outside of it and you raise your hands, it's this sweet-smelling savor that rises to heaven. And God, with his glory, sweeps into a place and begins to change things. But it's deliberate. It's deliberate for us to break ourselves. I want us to do something a little different today. I want you to stand up across this place. Abram, if you come help me. I'm going to read a story for you. If you want to take a moment to break something of yourself and to give it to God, if you're seeking the Holy Ghost, if you've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, this could be your day. Because God's about to sweep through this place whenever we give him something to remember. It's going to take him back to the sacrifices, the offerings of the people, his word, the people like Abel, the people like Noah, the people like Moses of Abraham. Take him back to David when he made an altar. It'll take him back to Elijah. Whenever all the prophets of Baal tried to give their offering and nothing happened. They cut themselves. They broke themselves. They screamed. They agonized. But then Elijah said, God, I built this for you. Rain down. And then fire fell from heaven. Fire could fall in this place if we would all make this decision together. Fire could fall in this house and people filled with his spirit in an instant if we just worship and break together. If this is your desire, I want you to come to the front. We're going to get up close. We're going to get up close. Abram, if you would just come close for a moment. Sing out with me. John 12, 1 through 3. It is a familiar story, but with the context of what we have already read, I want you to focus on it. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. She broke something before God, and when she broke it, it did something to his heart 
And I like to think, maybe my imagination runs wild on me, but I like to think that Jesus is looking down at this woman who is breaking a year's salary at his feet and saying, you know what? It's worth it. And it moved his heart. And as he took in that scent, and as it filled the room, that fragrance filled the room, it did something to him. And he thought back to the sacrifices. It cost her something. Abram, if you would, just kneel down with me. I need you to hold this. If you've ever been in a restaurant and somebody spills a tray, somebody spills a tray and you hear the sound of breaking glass, every head turns around. So I want you to think about that moment. I want you to think about when Mary decided, you know what? It's worth anointing the Son of God to give up a year's worth of my salary. And she took this spikenard, a pound of it, tremendous amount of it, And what she did was break it. Hopefully this works. It worked. (laughs) And when that glass broke, every head in the house turned. And the fragrance began to fill the room. And there was something about the smell. It did something to him. It did something to him because it was worth something. How many times, God, have I walked into this house and I've raised my hands out of obligation because it is what I'm supposed to do. But when something's broken, oh God, what a change. What a change in the atmosphere. And before everyone, she did something that was outside of her calling. Because to wash the feet of your guests was not your responsibility, it was the responsibility of your servants. So she took a servant's heart, she washed the feet of her Savior. And the rest of them looked around, and Judas in particular, that was when he had his moment. And he said, look at what you've done. That could have been sold. Could have bought something for the poor. Could have done something else. But God looked down and he said, a sacrifice of a broken heart. A sacrifice of somebody that determines I'm going to give an offering that can be smelled from heaven, a fragrance that fills its halls. And the angels are above and they're singing, Holy, Holy God Almighty. I want to know what heaven feels like, what, it's, what it sounds like. I want to know what it looks like. I want to look up at the gates and pass through them and I want to see these streets of gold and walk down those paths. But I... Now I want to know what the fragrance of heaven must be like. Because if it soothes the heart of God, 
God, just give us a small glimpse. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Do not think that your prayers do not make a difference because if nothing else, they fill heaven with an incense that all the angels and all that will ever pass through. They'll take it in and it's a sweet, smooth, smooth, soothing presence. The prayers that are released in this building are not in vain. They were filling heaven with a savor, the scent, a memory that God takes in that reminds him of every sacrifice of his people. If you want to make it smell like the fragrance of heaven here, then for the next few moments, give God something to remember back on. For the next few moments, break something within and say, I'm not focusing on anything else for a moment, God. Right now, right now, God, I just want to give everything to you. There's none beside you, none like you, none who are holy like you, Father. Begin to lift your voice. Let a sweet savor rise up to heaven right now. Give God the praise that he desires. Forget every distraction. Forget the concerns of this life right now. Let all of that break and fade away and give God a praise. Lift up your voice across this house. Let heaven hear it. Holy are you, Lord Almighty.
Would somebody change your posture along with us? Somebody hit your knees and say, Father, there's no other response that I can have when presented with the Holy One of Israel. Cried out to God. You are holy. When we get to heaven beside our brothers and our sisters, for the first time, looking upon the face of the one who sits on that throne, the only response that we will have is to sing in unison, holy you are holy, holy you are holy. So we're going to grab the hand of somebody. If there's someone beside you, reach over, grab their hand, and I want you to raise it to heaven. There's going to be one response. I want us to sing those words together and let your voice cry out.
May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Do you need healing? Do you need hope? Do you need help? Do you need a prayer answered? With your sacrifice given and your heart laid upon the altar of God. Today, he has heard you. There is a sweet smelling savor that rose up to heaven. And it's filled. It's filled with vials. So would you now rejoice? Would you lift up your heart? Would you lift up your voice? Lift up your hands. Lift up a praise to God above. Thank him for the things that he is doing in this moment. Do you need healing? Claim it in the name of Jesus and claim it with praise. Do you need help? Claim it in the name of Jesus and claim it with praise. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. If you need it, proclaim it right now in the name of Jesus.